it's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I absolutely love it. It's Saturday morning edition. We've got a little bit more time before our game this week as the 49ers get, guess what? Monday night football. And we can tell this. The 49ers, when they play, they're exciting. Uh, (laughs) Whether it's a dominant defense, some explosive plays on offense, breaking tackles with Debo, or who knows what with Nick Mullins, it's entertaining to say the least. And this week, it's going to deliver even more so because there is a great opponent, the Buffalo Bills, the 8-3 Buffalo Bills. So what we're going to do today... This is our scouting report preview and predictions episode. Uh, by far, by far, my favorite episode of the week. We get to dive in to opponent territory, and we get to figure out everything there is to know about this team. So we're going to be going over strengths, weaknesses of the Bills' offense, defense, uh, matchups, players to watch out for, scheme, coaching history, players' history, all these different things. And of course, we've got our bets of the week brought to you by my bookie. And we're going to be going through it all. As always, I will be answering your questions. Just have to tag me in the chat. No matter where you're listening to, at John Chapman, we will get to as many questions as possible. And as always, look at the countdown crew showing up strong on a Saturday. Absolutely love it. Thank you, guys. This is your last chance to enter for that free Brandon Ayuk jersey giveaway that we are going to be doing um, Monday night immediately after the game. Monday night immediately after the game. So now let me say this. If you are one of our non-live listeners, I'm going to give you guys a chance to enter in for this giveaway as well because why not? Let's extend it. Here's what I need you to do. Head over to the Twitter machine, at JL underscore Chapman. I'm going to pin this video to my profile page. So it's going to be the very first one that's up on there. Um, what I need you to do is just retweet um, the video itself with the hashtag CC, and that's going to get you at least one entry into the giveaway that we're going to be doing Monday night. As always, the way the countdown crew works, hashtag CC in the first two minutes, I've extended it, um, that gets you an entry into the, that month's giveaway. We do a giveaway every single month. Now, without further ado, let's jump in to the Buffalo Bills. Who are these guys? They are 8-3 and three and in currently in first place of the AFC East. Now, this is a big deal. 17 straight years, you have had the New England Patriots being on top of that league. Um, and for the first time, it looks like that is going to change as the Patriots are currently in third place behind the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills that were just mentioned. Now, the Bills are the number four seed in the AFC as a whole. They have some quality wins. Now, they beat the Jets twice. That's opposite of quality. But they have beaten some really good teams. They've beaten the Dolphins, the Rams, the Raiders, Patriots, Seahawks, and Chargers. Some quality wins there. Losses against some good teams as well. They have only lost three games to the Titans, the Chiefs, and the Cardinals. Now, their head coach, Sean McDermott, one of the best in the NFL. I really think that he's a top eight um, 
coach in the NFL. He doesn't get a lot of publicity, one, because he's in Buffalo, two, he doesn't win with the sexiness of play calling or any of those things. They are a very tough football team on both sides of the ball, and they just play very physical brand of football. Um, he was the defensive coordinator in Carolina before he got the head coaching job in Buffalo. And Kyle Shanahan and Sean McDermott know each other quite well because Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta in the same division as Carolina, and they had to coach against each other with McDermott as D.C. in Carolina. Remember, that's when they went to the Super Bowl with Cam Newton was under um, his defensive coordinator leadership. So, these two guys know each other. They've coached against each other multiple times, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, last week, the Buffalo Bills came out with a win 27-17 to against the Char Chargers. But the Bills kind of did everything within their power to not win this game. They had three offensive turnovers and kept giving the Chargers more and more opportunities to get back into the game. Now, the Bills obviously came out on top, which seems to kind of be the way of the Chargers season. But let's jump back to the Bills because they're one of the healthiest teams. Stop me if you heard this before. Um, uh, it, it, it's not an ideal situation, but... The 49ers play against another team that is relatively healthy. They have one major injury, and that's to the wide receiver, their number three wide receiver, John Brown. Imagine that being your biggest injury of the year, your number three wide receiver. Uh, John Brown is a hell of a player. He just can't stay healthy. He's got a lot of off-the-field issues with health, um, sickle cell trait, all these different things, and it seems like it's caught up to him this year. The 49ers, however, guess what? We're going to be almost at full strength. Obviously, you have to take all of the players, 15 players on the IR, off of that. But relatively the most healthy that the 49ers have been all season, we had to wait all the way until week 13 for that to take place. We only have one player that's going to be missing an action on Monday night, and that's Kwan Williams, who cannot go on IR because he was, guess what? already on IR earlier this year. But that's it. Outside of that, everybody else is healthy that is on the active roster. So that's it. That is the shortest injury report before a game that we have ever given. Now, obviously, we have two days. COVID's crazy. We can definitely get flare-ups, all those different things. But cross your fingers, we might be able to see a 49ers offense that is going to have something in store. Debo, Ayuk, Mostert, Trent Williams, we got them all. And Jordan Reed, who is, you know, hasn't been a mainstay by any imagination. So right off the bat, you start saying, huh, maybe this is time for the 49ers. And I think Vegas seems to say so as well. We're going to talk more about betting later on. Before the Rams 49ers game, the spread was. 49ers plus five and a half. We're five and a half point underdogs. We go out, we beat the Rams. That drops to two and a half points. We get all those COVID players back. Then it's plus one and a half points. Well, guess what? Currently, Saturday morning, that is a pick'em game. The money keeps flying in on the side of the 49ers. There's no spread. It's a pick'em game. They think that this is a toss-up, and who are we to argue? Um, <laughs> Nick Mullins out there doesn't matter. The 49ers team is that well coached. Uh, a lot of this has to do with the dominating performance done by the defense and Robert Sala with the return of Richard Sherman last week. But make no mistake, the 49ers get the respect that they do because of their head coach and play caller, Kyle Shanahan. 
one of the best in the NFL if he's not the best at, at across the entire game. I absolutely love it. So here we go. The history of this matchup, they've only played 12 times, and it is split right down the middle. Six and six. The 49ers lost the last matchup, get this, in 2016. They got blown out 45 to 16. Listen to some of the players on the Bills roster. Again, this is the Bills roster. Tyrod Taylor was their quarterback. LaShawn McCoy, their running back. I think he's five teams later. Robert Woods, before he was with the Rams. And Marquise Goodwin, not with the 49ers, still with the Bills at that point. That's the last time we played each other, so there's not a lot of carryover. I believe the only uh, person still on the team for the 49ers is Jimmy Ward, and I think he was injured that year, so I don't even think he got to play that year. So that's kind of where we're at. Uh, now let's jump over to just a couple of questions and comments real quick before we get into our defensive profile for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Sergio, always a pleasure to be with you, brother. Going to grab that W for sure. I love your optimism, and I can say this. This is by far one of the most difficult games left on the 49ers schedule. There are five games left. Now, the 49ers are five and six. Uh, definitely, you know, you're one game outside of the playoffs. So what is it going to take this year to jump into the playoffs? Is there a possibility for the 49ers to lose to the Buffalo Bills and still get in? The answer is a resounding yes. This is probably the toughest game, the Buffalo Bills. Now, you can talk about Seattle or Arizona. Those are tough games as well. Let me read off the schedule to you just so you understand exactly where we're at. We have Buffalo this week, next week Washington, then Dallas, then Arizona, then Seattle. Those are the five games remaining. Typically, the rule is 10 and in for the NFC playoffs. However, there is a seventh seed added this year under the new collective bargaining agreement. Therefore, I don't think it's going to take a 10-win season to get in. Now, if you do get 10 wins this year, you're definitely going to be in. I think that there is a strong possibility of an 8-8 eight eight team winning a few tiebreakers, of course, squeezing into the playoffs. Now, if the 49ers win three out of the last five games, that would put them at 8-8. Eight and eight. I think that that has a remote possibility, not a guarantee, of making it into the playoffs. Now, if that is the case... There are two games that the 49ers would have to lose to get to that, right? One would be Buffalo. And here's why I would say that this is probably the least important game left on the schedule. It is not a conference game. Well, what does that matter? Conference schedule or conference win percentage is the first tiebreaker after head-to-head -head, um, with non-division opponents. So, for example, the 49ers are currently tied with the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings, who are not in their division. We do not play them this year. Therefore, the tiebreaker in those situations goes to conference schedule. Currently, the 49ers are on the outside looking in behind both of those teams because we have fewer conference wins. However, if the 49ers can win three out of their last four games against Washington, Dallas, Arizona, Seattle, all of those are conference games. That would give them the possibility of leaping in a tiebreaker scenario over the Bears, who I don't think have any chance of making the playoffs, and over the Minnesota Vikings, who I think actually, on the outside looking in, the 49ers and Minnesota Vikings are pretty much neck and neck for that last playoff spot. Of course, that is dependent upon Arizona um, losing, falling out of that seven spot. So this game is important. Obviously, you got to win them all. But in the grand scheme of things, as far as the playoff picture goes, this probably has the least amount of weight attributed to it. Now, can the 49ers win this game? Oh, hell yes, they can. 
it's going to come down to Nick Mullins, and we're going to get into our preview um, and predictions here in just a little bit. Um, uh, S1K Friday says, I literally just finished watching Thursday's episode, some back-to-back 49ers Rush podcasts. No worries about that. Um, just an Oregonian. He asked this, are you doing anything for Spotify wrapped? Oh my gosh. Uh, I got to figure that that's genius. Maybe I need to do an additional giveaway. Look at this guy, just an Oregonian. I can't say Oregonian very well. I'm from Texas. We talk slow. Our brains don't work fast. Maybe I need to do an additional giveaway. So I'm going to just off the cuff. If you are a person who had the 49ers Rush podcast as your most played podcast or in the category, if you have Spotify, and they even did this on Apple Music, um, what I need you to do, send me a screenshot of that. Uh, you can email me at 49ersRushPodcast at gmail.com or just tag me publicly on Twitter at JL underscore Chapman. Or if you don't want it on public, whatever, you can just message me. My DMs are always open on Twitter. I'm going to be giving away some free stuff, some 49ers Rush gear, maybe a T-shirt, maybe a hat, something along those lines. So I'm going to be picking one lucky winner um, out of that as well. This is in addition to the Brandon IU jersey next week. Don't tell my wife I'm spending all of our money. Um, she won't mind too much. I, <laughs> um, now, yes, and another comment too, there is a possibility that the NFL will go to its third option for an eighth seed in the playoffs here's what's going to have to happen to this now it's looking less and less likely because if if the nfl didn't cancel the ravens game versus the steelers what type of game is it going to take to cancel because it just looks bad they're forcing teams to play with literally 15 plus people on covid um so it is looking like the nfl is doing everything in their power to make sure they are not going to cancel a week, but if we do get to that point, you are correct. It could be to the 49ers' benefit that if one game is canceled, the caveat is, under the language of the agreement, has to have playoff implications. They would basically add an eighth seed and no bye week for the number one team in the NFC or AFC. So there are still a couple different outside shots looking at um miller the niner says what's up john i can't wait to see debo and i play together for the first time i am with you my only concern and i'm excited too and i would add into that debo Ayuk mostert because i think that's kind of key because now what you cannot do you cannot load up against the run any longer because you have Debo that's going to stretch things horizontally. You have Brandon Ayuk that's going to stretch things vertically. So this is going to add a big, a lot more stress to the defensive package. I'm excited about this. Um, the only issue, the only issue is Nick Mullins, right? It kind of is a hashtag or perhaps <laughs> an asterisk next to that. Yeah, we'll kind of see how he does. He has played very, very bad, but... Crazy stat to me is Nick Mullins in five starts this year has never thrown more than one touchdown pass in any of those five starts. Uh, definitely not ideal. Will that change this week? I don't think so. Um, I think the running game is going to kind of be imperative there, but definitely something to look out to. And I think you're right. This game is going to be fun offensively for the 49ers. Might be frustrating, but it's definitely going to be fun. Um, Kyle asked this, what part of Texas? I'm from Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, grew up on the Fort Worth side after college and grad school, moved to the Dallas side. So kind of bounced back and forth. Uh, DFW guy right here. Nick, I appreciate it. Hit that like button. If you are listening, hit that like button. It helps us out tremendously. All right, let's jump now 
to the Buffalo Bills defense. And let's let Kyle Shanahan, why not? He's kind of an important person. Kyle Shanahan talk about the Bills and Sean McDermott and what he has done with this organization. They, they're just doing it the right way. Um, you know, I, I, got a, I think very highly of Sean just going against him a number of years, being in his division as a coordinator, even when I wasn't playing him a lot in the NFC when we were in separate divisions. Um, coming in there, I'm taking over a team. I feel like they've drafted the right way. They've done it the right way. Uh, they got their quarterback, and um, Sean's always had a good defense, and they compete. They play very physical, um, very sound defense who always plays hard, and um, it's not a surprise at all why they've been winning some games and um, why they seem to get better each year. They just keep winning games, and since Sean McDermott has been there, I mean, they are the 9-7 and seven football team of the NFL. That's just what they keep hitting. Them and the Titans, probably. They are just the most consistent winning programs, but not elite. Um, now, with Tom Brady and the demise of the Patriots and all that, does look like they're going to get their very first conference champion or dis division championship in a very long time. Now, strengths. Let's just look at statistics. Not a lot. The defense has kind of fallen off, and it starts up front with the defensive line. They are seventh best in the NFL forcing turnovers. They force 17 turnovers. They have forced seven turnovers in the past three games. So they're kind of red hot whenever you're looking at forcing other teams to make mistakes. 49ers can't do that if they want to be involved in this game. Last week I said if the 49ers have to be plus two in the turnover margin to beat the Rams. They finished plus one, but it came down to the very last second. That second turnover would have definitely put things <laughs> into perspective and calmed things down. This week versus the Bills, I think you have to finish plus one. I think you have to. Um, you know, there were seven total turnovers in the game last week between the 49ers and the Rams. Things got to calm down. Things got to calm down. I'm not saying the offense has to be perfect, but this team is not going to win a lot of games with three turnovers on the offensive side. You got to shrink that number down. I think one turnover on the offensive side, you still got a chance. 49ers turn it over twice. Now you're in trouble. So they are also seventh best in allowing the fewest um, passing touchdowns, only 16 on the year, and that's it. There's no more strengths. They rank towards the bottom or the middle in every other statistical category. And again, we're talking 20 separate categories. Here are some of the bad numbers. <clears throat> 29th in the NFL. There's only 32 teams. In rushing touchdowns allowed. 27th in rush yards per attempt. 4.7 yards per rushing attempt. That's trash. 25th in rushing yards allowed. Pro Football Focus rates the Bills' entire defense as the worst run defense in the NFL. Are you seeing a theme here? Are you seeing a pattern for how the 49ers are going to attack this team? You sure as hell should be. And it's going to be running the dang ball. And you got to run the ball more this game than you have at any other point. The 49ers are 4-0 this year whenever they have rushed 26 or more times. 4-0. Now, I understand that doesn't mean you just hand the ball off 26 times and you get a win. I get it. There's game script. There's game flow. There's all these different things. But make no mistake about it. If you are asking Nick Mullins to throw the ball 30-plus times, you're asking for a loss. Give the ball to your running backs. I don't care if it's Kyle Juszczyk. I don't care if it's end rounds to Debo. I don't care if it's Brandon Ayuk. I don't care if it's Jeff Wilson. I don't care if it's Jarek McKinnon. Run the damn ball. All right. Anyway, more weaknesses of this defense. 25th in the NFL in first downs allowed. 22nd in fourth down percentage. 
um, 21st in total yards allowed, 21st in third down percentage, allowing 43% on third downs. 49ers going to have to capitalize this. Um, since Nick Mullen has taken over, the 49ers have been one of the worst third down teams in the NFL every single week. This has to change. The way that that changes is don't get behind the chains. Negative plays kill the 49ers offense. Just stay on pace. Eliminate false starts and eliminate negative negative plays, whether that's through you know tackles for loss or whatever, or blown pass assignments by McGlinchey, sacks, things like that. Can't do that this week. Um, and 19th on interceptions, they only have eight. Now, their scheme and kind of what they do, their defensive coordinators, I think one of the most, again, this is kind of the Bills MO, underrated. Their defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, one of the best by far in the NFL. This year, the numbers don't match up. They're having problems up on the D-line despite having a lot of very big names. You guys remember Ed Oliver and how great he was coming out of Houston just a few years ago? He struggled. He's decent, but he's not putting up the numbers that anybody thought that he would. Um, back to Leslie Frazier. I mean, he's been a defensive coordinator for 15 years in this league, four straight with Buffalo. Uh, remember, he was the Minnesota Vikings head coach and defensive coordinator for a very long time, uh, eight years there, and he's had some great top five defenses in his tenure. Now, tendencies, kind of what they do. They're blitz heavy. They might be the most blitz heavy team in the entire NFL. Them and Pittsburgh are kind of the top limit. Listen to these blitz numbers. Again, a blitz is any time you have more than four coming after the quarterback versus the chargers last week they blitzed 24 times versus arizona the week before 16 versus the seattle seahawks 20 the league average is 11 blitzes a game they are more than doubling that on a week-by-week -week basis 49ers have not done well versus the blitz since nick mullins has come in go back to the game where the nickel blitz was coming off the edge every damn play and we could do nothing about it. I think we had 12 nickel blitzes in one game and the biggest game that the 49ers had was a 12-yard pass to Jordan Reed. How do you negate that? Run the football. Run the ball, quick passing. Run the ball. I need like a slogan, right? Run the ball, quick passing 2020. Like <laughs> like those are the perfect <laughs> election results right run the ball quick passing solves all issues on this offense uh we'll see what happens two dynamic players on their defense that you have to watch out for jerry hughes their defensive end he is incredible 42 pressures five sacks six quarterback hits now he is he moves around he plays on the left and right side him versus mike mcglinchey that's going to be, I'm not worried about Trent Williams. I think Trent Williams is elite. I don't care who plays against Trent Williams. I'm taking Trent Williams. Mike McGlinchey, whew, I think this could be a good game for him, and let me explain why. The goal of the 49ers should be to run the freaking football. The Buffalo Bills, this is a stat from Mike Lombardi, have given up the most rush yards per attempt off of the offensive right side, defensive left side. Well, guess what? We got our Irish twins over there, uh, Colton McKivitz and Mike McGlinchey. We got our Irish boys, and they're great run blockers. That's their strength. That's why Kyle Shanahan drafts offensive linemen for their run blocking. That's, that's it's his MO. Let them do it. Run the ball off the right side. This defensive unit, the Bills, they can't stop it. Run the ball. 
So if you're having a hard time with Jerry Hughes, you know, pass rushing against Mike McGlinchey, how do you how do you stop that? You run the ball at him. You run the ball on third and five. You run the ball on third and six. You run the ball on third and three. Not every time, but way more than we have been. Don't get into the situation where everybody in the stadium, including the defense, knows you're about to pass the ball. You do that, you're in trouble. Don't fall for it this game. Also, two other dynamic players. Um, inside linebacker Trey Edmonds. Freak athlete. Uh, basically, LeBron James as a middle linebacker, if you look at his specifications. He has longer wingspan than LeBron James coming out of the draft. He's a hell of a player. He's had a down year. Him and Fred Warner came out the same year. Um, Trey Edmonds was the first linebacker taken. If you redo that draft now, I'm, I'm sorry, Trey Edmonds was the first linebacker. If you redo it now, Fred Warner would definitely go ahead of him. So there's got to be a little bit of pride issue there as well for Fred Warner knowing they're not on the field at the same time. But again, that guy went before me. Let's see what we have to say about that. And then their cornerback, who I think is one of the top three corners in the NFL, Trey White, Tredavious White out of LSU. He is elite. Probably one of the best cover guys in true man-to-man fashion in the NFL. The problem with that is, what are they going to do with them? Do they stick them on just one side? Personally, if I was the defensive coordinator, I would make him shadow Brandon Ayuk because I see Brandon Ayuk as the number one wide receiver without, or number one receiving option, period, without George Kittle. Uh, now, I'm not, that's not a slight at Debo. Debo's incredible, but Debo does most of his work behind the line of scrimmage. Just look at last week. Last week, Debo Samuel had negative four air yards combined on his 13 catches. Negative four. <laughs> He's, he, he did run routes downfield, but he caught a slant, a curl, <laughs> and a deep drag. That's it. The other 10 catches were screens or jet sweeps, which count, as pass plays, even though they're just literally a handoff, but it's in front of the quarterback. Um, so personally, the way I would look at this, again, if you're kind of you know, self-scouting, I would put Tredavious White on the rookie, um, and I would just have him shadow all game no matter where he lines up. We'll have to see what they do there. Now let's jump over to the Bills offense. Let's hear Robert Sala, who's done a hell of a job, and he's been in the news. I want to talk about this as well. Robert Sala talking about the Bills offense. There's, this Buffalo Bills team is, um, they're very, very, very talented. Uh, when you look at Stephon Diggs and Beasley and uh, their backs are very talented and then the quarterback is just a, uh, he is a problem. Uh, it, he was, he is much more than I was expecting when I flipped on the tape. Uh, and it's, it is a tremendous challenge uh, leading up to Monday night. And uh, I, I think Brian has done a fun, phenomenal job with what they've done to their scheme and the way he's evolved it and made it work for the quarterback. So um, we've got our hands full. It's uh, it's going to be a tremendous challenge. Probably one of the better challenges we've had all year. I, I think he kind of hit it, right? Probably one of the better challenges we've had all year, and he's 100% correct. Here's the issue. Where have the 49ers struggled this year? Okay, they've struggled on a few things. Mobile quarterbacks. You know, the 49ers went through that stretch where it was just nothing but mobile quarterbacks every single week. Well, it, now you're coming off a couple of games where you kind of got to chill. But now you probably have one of the <laughs> most, perhaps, mobile quarterbacks in the entire NFL, and that's Josh Allen. Josh Allen is putting up a ridiculous year. Uh, just to put things into perspective, he is currently the fifth, the fifth place person as far as odds go for MVP fifth 
He's having a great year. He's got over 300 yards rushing and six rushing touchdowns. That is a lot of touchdowns. The guy gets into the end zone. How will the 49ers respond? Now, most of our kind of worries or issues with mobile quarterbacks has been with two players predominantly. Number, I'd say three. Number one, Eric Armstead. Number two, Quan Alexander. Number three, Joukowsky Tart. Guess what? Quan and Tart, they're not suing up this week. Not trying to throw shade, but their gap integrity has always been lacking for those two players. Eric Armstead's still out there. What is going to happen with Marcel Harris? He is now the Sam backer position, and so the two players on the kind of traditional zone read gap exchange that are going to have to step up their game, Drake Greenlaw, who I think does a hell of a job, go back to the last two games in 2019 versus Russell Wilson. He's really, really good, um, you know, mimicking the quarterback. And now you have Marcel Harris. I think that's going to play a significant role on that side as well. You've got to stop Josh Allen if you're going to do anything. Let's go over some of these numbers, okay? These are the strengths of the Bills' offense. There are a lot. Best in the NFL on fourth downs. They're three for three. They don't do it often, but whenever they do, it stays in Josh Allen's hands. So whenever it's fourth and short, just understand it's, it's going to be a quarterback keep. Second best in the NFL on third downs. They do not get off the field. They have so many plays, so many extended drives because the mobile quarterback and they run the freaking football. Fourth best in the NFL, most first downs. Sixth most passing touchdowns. Again, we already talked about how he has six rushing touchdowns. Uh, 24 passing touchdowns to go with that as well. Seventh in passing yards. Seventh in pass yards per attempt. Tenth most points scored. And 11th in total yards. This is a top offense. Weaknesses, not a lot. 25th in the NFL, again, out of 32 teams, with fumbles lost. Josh Allen does not protect the football. You've got to take advantage of that. You have to take advantage of it. This offense, the Buffalo Bills, they have five turnovers in the last two games. Look at what the 49ers did last week. Four forced turnovers. You've got to carry that motif into this game if you want a victory. You've got to. 23rd in rushing attempts. They don't. They do run the ball well. They don't run the ball often. Uh, 21st in rushing yards. 20th in rush yards per attempt. 4.1. Ninth most sacks allowed. 22 sacks. Defensive line can get after the quarterback here. Now most of their sacks allowed aren't because offensive linemen are getting beat. That does happen. Most of the sacks allowed. Again, this is from Pro Football Focus. Are attributed to the quarterback where Josh Allen is indecisive in the pocket, and because of that, takes a big hit. Um, he'll sit around, he'll dance around, he'll try to scramble, but he's not a decisive quarterback, and that shows whenever you watch the film. He will stay in the pocket forever. Go back to kind of early Ben Roethlisberger, where he held the ball longer than any other quarterback. You see that consistently with Josh Allen. If his first read is not present, that's where things go bad for the Buffalo Bills. Thankfully, the 49ers secondary has been lights out for a few weeks. And man, when Richard Sherman came back last week, everything seemed to just work. Um, the glue that held everything together. Um, so excited about that. Now, the scheme, they have Brian uh, Dabble as their offensive coordinator. Seven years as an OC, three with Buffalo. He was also with Kansas City, Cleveland, and Miami. Tendencies, running in the red zone. 
They run. <laughs> Josh Allen, six t rushing touchdowns. Um, they like to run and throw to the running backs in the red zone. So linebackers, they, they want to stress the linebackers into the flats with running backs releasing, and then that allows Josh Allen to run up the middle. It's just it's a lot of stress on the linebackers. Tendencies. As I said, running in the red zone, most runs are through both A-gaps. They like to run it up the middle, whether that's a quarterback power, a quarterback draw, or just to give right up the middle to their running backs and allow them to feast. Um, they have 40 rush attempts through the left A-gap, 41 through the right A-gap. There is no other gap on the field that has over 30 rush attempts through the season. They like to run up the middle. Again, the stress on the linebackers either have to guard the running back out in the flats or stay home and pick up the quarterback. It's this stress. Um, we're going to see how they do it. Now, if the 49ers stay in a 4-3 look and not a nickel look, which I would expect for most of this game, that's going to leave Fred Warner one-on-one -on, -one on those inside A gaps. That's what I would do if I was Robert Sala. The good news is Robert Sala has been shaking things up like crazy, and I freaking love it. Uh, absolutely love it. Now, players to watch out for. Again, we've already talked about Josh Allen. He's incredible. Here is the defensive captain, LB1, Fred Warner, talking about the Bills and Josh Allen. Amazing, uh, amazing player. I played him back when I was at BYU when he was out at Wyoming. Um, you know, we've he's always had that strong arm that everybody's talked about, but he's continued to progress as as a true NFL quarterback. Uh, just with him going through his reads and. Did you know that you can now win up to one hundred times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn ten dollars into a thousand. With basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great: it, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And making the big time throws, the um, you know, being able to progress in his uh, in his read throughout a, a play. So 
and also obviously as a runner, you know, that's something that um, you have to make sure you're accounting for because he is such a big guy. He, he can shake, uh, he can shake off tacklers. Um, so there's a lot to, uh, to, to be prepared for. That's why we got to make sure we're studying the tape and uh, seeing if we can, if we can catch anything uh, to help to our advantage. There's going to be some frustrating third downs. Just understand that this week. They're, you're going to have them third and 12, and the quarterback's going to escape for a first down. It's going to happen. Um, it, we know it's going to happen because guess what? That happens every single game that the Buffalo Bills play. That's Josh Allen's thing. That's what he brings to the table, converting third downs. Now, he's not the only player to watch out for, but again, he does have weaknesses. I don't want to move past this. Josh Allen's NFL passer rating with no pressure throughout this season is a 113.4. That's great. That's very, very good. His passer rating with pressure is an 80.5. Also, five of his eight interceptions that he's thrown on the year came under pressure. You've got to annoy him. You've got to get into his face. And again, yeah, sometimes whenever you rush, you're going to break your lanes and he's going to escape for That's fine. That's okay. It's going to happen. What you can't allow him to do is to escape on the outside. That's the one thing you got to stop. Force him to run up the middle where we're going to have our linebackers and our safeties coming down on him. Don't let him outside. Don't let him outside. Also, another player you have to worry about in this offense is Stephon Diggs. Holy cow. He is second in the NFL in targets and receptions. He is having a career year. Now, having said that, his numbers have kind of dissipated slightly since he's lost John Brown. John Brown is, they call him smoke because he's so damn fast. He would alleviate a lot of the safety awareness and uh, on Stefan Diggs. He's out. So you've got to worry about Diggs and you've got to worry about Cole Beasley. Um, you know, he was with the Cowboys for a long time. Probably one of the best, uh, Robert Sala refers to them as jitterbugs, the uh, shifty slot players. That's going to be a matchup because the 49ers are going to have to choose. Do you stay in 4-3, your base package, to stop the run, or do you go to a nickel set with Emmanuel Mosley and have Emmanuel Mosley or Jimmy Ward, I hope it's Jimmy Ward more often than not, Jimmy Ward on Cole Beasley. Because if you leave Mosley there, that's not his strength. That is not his strength. Um, so something to keep an eye on. I'm sure we'll see a little bit of both. But um, personally, I hope we stay in as much 4-3 as possible with Marcel Harris out there. And I'd prefer to walk down Jimmy Ward wherever Cole Beasley is. That's where I want him. Um, anyway, I, let's get to a couple other questions. I love it. Uh, oh, I see this from my Oregon guy. Jordan Poyer was my high school quarterback, took us to and won our first state championship. Congratulations. I love it. I root for the guy always until Monday. That's right. Uh, the high school like relationships and those things, that's pretty incredible. Um, yeah, he was a hell of a player. Uh, he still is. He's in the NFL. But anyway, um, Drew. Isn't Leslie Frazier their DC? Yes, he is. Uh, Leslie Frazier is the defensive coordinator. Um, that is correct. My Minnesota family are huge Vice fans, and he was stout up front, the linebackers and all. Yeah, he's he's great. Um, I, I really do think he's one of the best. Now, the problem is whenever he has elite defensive line play, which is what his defense is predicated upon, everything else f works perfectly from the back. They, they really do build very similar to the 49ers defense. Invest so much draft capital on the front four and then allow things just to fall back. Well, the front four they've invested, it just hasn't panned out. Um, 
Yeah, <laughs> uh, Mr. Superfly, damn, they definitely blitz in Mullins. Yeah, I'd expect 20-plus blitzes Monday night. Um, and kind of the way you got to beat this team is you got to make them pay. You got to make them pay. When they blitz, you got to make them pay. Not necessarily with the pass. That's usually what people know. Hit them with the run straight into the blitz. Because what the blitz does is it forces the defense, the defensive secondary, to be in man, at least on half the field. If you're bringing five, you've got to play some man on the back end. That means guys will be turning with their back to the running back, which means once Mostert clears that first level or Jeff Wilson or whomever, they have a lot more space. So just because they're blitzing doesn't mean you have to run. I mean, you have to pass. You can run into that. Um... We'll have to see what's going on. Uh, let's see here. John, this is from Nobody You Need to Know. McGlinchey's pass blocking is painful to watch. You are correct. Um, his two to three plays a game, he just gets put on his butt. He gets way too high and tries to catch. He's not a powerful guy. That's not his game. Um, he's got to get lower. It, it, talking about getting knocked on his butt all the time. How do you fix that? You've got to sink your hips. And so the problem is it, it's, it's a pro and a con. The reason why Mike McGlinchey went as high as he did, number nine, and the 49ers weren't alone. The Raiders, who were picking right behind us that year, we won the coin toss. 49ers got nine. Uh, Raiders got ten. We took McGlinchey. Raiders traded back and took um, the tackle out of UCLA. I forgot his name, but he's not that good. The Raiders have made it very well known. They wanted Mike McGlinchey. And so it's not just us. It wasn't a reach. The problem is, the good thing is, and the reason why he went so high, is his height, his length, his athleticism, and his kick slide. One of the best kick slides ever. The things you don't see Mike McGlinchey get beat on is that speed rush around the corner. No, no, no. He, he doesn't get beat by that because of his length and his speed and his kick slide. What he gets beat on is the bull rush, the speed to power. Because he'll get to the position he needs to be, but he's way too high. He's super tall. He's 6'8". So you either have to add weight and power or you got to sink your hips. And he's done none of those. Uh, it's well documented. He lost weight this offseason. Um, he's got to bulk up or he's got to sit down. Because whenever those guys are coming straight into your chest and you're already taller than them just by physics, <laughs> the momentum and all those things, you can't catch. He's not that powerful. Uh, you got to sink your hips, sit in the bucket is the term that most offensive line coaches that literally sit in a bucket and then power through. He doesn't do that. He catches. And so what I mean by that, whenever he catches, once he gets back, you'll see his chin get up and he literally tries to catch and just get in the way of this powerful defender. And that's when he gets run over. Cannot do that. Cannot do that. Um, Niner drag. We need more cohesiveness with play calling. You're 100% correct there. Kyle Shanahan <laughs> is the best first quarter play caller in NFL. I don't care who he's got. He's great. He gets really bad in the second half. <laughs> gets really, really bad in the second half. Um, things got to change. Uh, do you think our coaching staff should change before we try to make another run? No, uh, but our coaching staff will change. 100%. Robert Saul is gone, guys. Uh, I don't know how else to say this. Um, are there flaws to Robert Sala? Yes. Every single coach has a flaw. Eh, that's just what it is. But what he's been able to do with the personnel that he has, it's incredible. 
Um, he's going to be a head coach. Now, he was asked this in the press conference. They asked him, man, what do you make? Because the, what's it called? The Michigan legislature wrote a letter, wrote a letter to the Ford family who owns the Lions telling them you should definitely consider hiring Robert Sala. He's got Michigan ties, Michigan roots, all these things. And here was Robert uh, Sala's response to this, if, uh, if he thinks about these head coach opportunities. Um, this week is, th this league is so week to week, and the most important week right now is Monday Night Football against Buffalo, and uh, we've got a team that's in the middle of the playoff hunt. So it's, it's really a, uh, a non-issue for me. I, I don't talk about it. I don't. I don't really even see it. I don't have social media. I don't look into the news. So it's uh, uh, it's probably more for family and friends to, to enjoy and get a kick out of than it is for me. I'm just, we're completely locked into to Buffalo. Oh, the politician answer. A plus, good sir. He's getting a head coaching job, uh, period. It's going to happen. And there's so many caveats to why. Number one is you're not just getting Robert Sala. You're getting the Kyle Shanahan offense because McDaniel or LaFleur, they're going to be going with them. No doubt about it. Uh, the NFL changed their rules in the last CBA, uh, basically saying you have to create a flow chart of how the offense works and how the defense works. Because in the past, you know, LaFleur, his brother, got the Green Bay job okay, as the head coach and offensive coordinator, whatever else. But Kyle Shanahan still calls plays. And because of that, that puts LaFleur a tick down. So if LaFleur gets the opportunity to go call plays somewhere, that is seen as a promotion. Kyle Shanahan can't block that anymore. He could in 2019 and did. He did in 2018 and did. Can't do that anymore because LaFleur does not call plays here. So if he gets the opportunity, whether with his brother in Green Bay or Robert Sala, wherever he gets you know, uh, brought on as HC, that is happening. So it's a package deal. So a team that is hiring a head coach, you've got to say, hey, not only are we getting a defensive-minded head coach that brings the attitude and whatever we want, but we're also getting a piece of Kyle Shanahan's offense, which everybody wants. That is the new it whatever. It's not new. It's been around since his dad. Uh, whatever. It, it's what it is. So he's gone. Now, good news is, whenever he does go, the 49ers will get two third-round picks <laughs> because he is a minority. Uh, the new rule, which was approved, I think, three weeks ago now, says you will get two third-round picks in the next two drafts. So one third-round pick in 2021 at the end of all the third-round compensation picks. And number two, uh, the 2022 draft. You could trade those picks. Um, so anyway, if you are going to lose a defensive coordinator, this is the best possible time in NFL history to do so. Um, Anyway, the idea of Kyle Shanahan firing coaches, never going to happen. Dude's the most loyal person in NFL history almost, even though he's only been around for a little time. He doesn't fire coaches. He's not going to fire anybody. Uh, the only guys that leave will get promotions. Um, if you coach in San Francisco, you are very, very happy uh, because you're tied to Kyle Shanahan, which everybody wants to be a part of. Now, let's jump over to our betting segment. Oh, I'm excited about this one. I got some good bets this week. All right, mybookie.ag sponsors this podcast, and they have been partners for a long time. I love their product. I love what they do. So here's the deal. Whether you're a first-time customer or you've been betting with MyBookie for years like me, there's no shortage of value to be found in thousands of game lines, prop bets, over-unders, spreads, parlays. You name it, you can bet on it there. And it goes outside of sports as well. 
Let's say you're a casino and a card guy. Guess what? They have everything. Classic table games, slot, card games, everything that you would expect to find at a local casino, they have it. And the best part about my bookie, guess what? The doors never close. You can bet there anytime. So here's what you got to do. Head over to mybookie.ag. Whenever you do, use the promo code 49ers. This supports the podcast. 49ERS. And here's the deal. If you do that, they're going to match your deposit halfway. All the way up to 1000 bucks. This is free money, guys. So if you put in $200, they're going to give you 100 bucks to bet for free. Now, rollovers do apply. And if you don't know how that works, their customer service is incredible. So if you're already planning to bet this season, there's free money to be had. Head over there. We've been killing it all season long. We're going to have draft uh, prop bets as well moving forward. So it's a winning season at MyBookie. Head over there, MyBookie.ag. Use promo code 49ers. And again, let's make some money and have some fun while betting together. Thank you so much, MyBookie, for the continued support. And again, if you want to help support the podcast, this is the way to do it. All right, so some of our betting specials this week. I'm so excited, man. We've been red hot lately, so I'm hoping to see this just keep going, man. I'm pretty pumped. Now, the 49ers don't play till Monday, so I've got some Sunday action for you as well. And I will have some more 49ers bets. They haven't released all the prop bets yet. They usually wait till a day before, so they're not out yet, but you can still bet the game. Um, so on Twitter, at JL underscore Chapman, I'm going to tweet out some of the bets uh, tomorrow um, once they release the 49ers props, so stay tuned for that. Now, the, the 49ers game, the one bet I am taking, I'm not taking the pick em whatever. Hopefully you got in earlier this week. We got in at 2.5 points if you bet with us earlier this week, but I am taking the under. The over-under on combined score between the Bills and the 49ers is 47 points. I think this is going to be a very defensive, run-heavy game on both sides of the ball. Um, so I'm taking the under. Now, I did buy half a point because I love that half point. So 47 and a half points. So both teams score to be under that. Bet five to win nine. Just a small little bet. I'm excited about that one. Now, I do have a three-team teaser, and this is going to hurt your heart a little bit. But the money is right and the numbers are right. Uh, I love all the betting metrics that I pull from. I absolutely love these three bets. So I'm doing a three-team teaser. It's a plus seven. So whatever the spread is in each one of these games, you add seven points to your side. Okay, This is my version of betting with Vegas, not against them. They know what the hell they're doing. Okay, my three-team teaser is this. Again, plus seven. Cards plus nine and a half versus the Rams. I think the Cards could almost win this game outright. I just don't really like the Rams situation and the locker room mentality where they're at. It just seems toxic. It seems bad. Um, now, I hear some of you saying things like, oh, man, why would I be betting against the Cardinals? That's who we need to lose to get into the situation we're in. Not necessarily. The Rams are just one game ahead of them. And again, we own the tiebreaker already. We swept them. Um, so if we get into a tie, they're at seven wins. Now, do I think, I do think the Rams could win definitely at least one or two more games, but this does not necessarily go against the 49ers playoff hopes. So I'm taking cards plus nine and a half, taking the Seahawks versus the Giants. The Seahawks plus seven brings the Seahawks to minus three and a half points versus the Giants. They don't have Daniel Jones. 
Seahawks are going to blow this team out of the water. It's not even going to be a matchup. And the last bet is the Vikings minus three versus the Jags. The Jags are hopeless. Uh, they've already announced they're not starting Gardner Minshew. Uh, the Vikings have been playing very, very well. So minus three there. Bet 10 to win 22. I'm pretty excited about this bet. Uh, I think it's going to come back and make us some money on those. So anyway, uh, again, I'll be tweeting out some more bets on Sunday. So stay tuned for that. Now, a couple other questions I want to get to before we do our predictions and wrap this up. Uh, Allen asks this, does Josh Allen have a strong preference as regards to throwing with his left or right? Oh, man, awesome question. So pull up Josh Allen's passing chart direction, and it is very obvious just from the start. In every single area, so the way that it's broken down is behind the line of scrimmage, okay? Josh Allen's thrown to the right 13 times to the left 12. No discrepancy there. From zero yards to 10 plus yards downfield, 56 passes to the right, 44 to the left. All right, 10 to 20, 32 passes to the right, 24 to the left, and then 20 yards or deeper, 12 to the right, um, 20 to the left. So uh, it does seem to say through three different, from behind the line of scrimmage to 20 yards downfield, he favors the right big time. Deep, he favors the left. And again, that goes back to guess who plays predominantly on the left side? John Brown. John Brown. He just runs go routes. Goes and stop routes. That's it. He's not playing this week. So those numbers, even though they favor the left side (laughs) throughout the course of the season, that's not the case. The right side, the offensive right side, guess who lines up over there? Richard Sherman. Oh, man. I I didn't even, you know, I missed this during my breakdown and going through everything. I've got five pages of notes, but I missed this. A freaking awesome question. And you mean to tell me they're going to be throwing the majority of their passes to Richard Sherman's side? Eh. (laughs) I I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, So if they are going to do that, awesome. I hope they throw it to Richard Sherman's side nonstop. Uh, That's going to make me super, super happy. I love it. Um, anyway, let's see here. SP, if we split with the Cards and Seahawks, can we make the playoffs this year? Yes. You have to win three games to make the playoffs to get to eight and eight. Four games, it's going to make it almost, yeah, it's happening. Um, you know, you get to nine and seven, I think you're in this year no matter what. But three's the minimum, four is the most. And again, you're talking about games that are the most important for the 49ers. This is the least important game left on the roster why because it's not a conference game which is one of the tiebreakers for playoff seating um so not saying this game's not important that's not what i'm saying at all i'm saying it's the least important left of all five games remaining for the 49ers um so take that for what you will let's see here a couple other questions uh, i'm loving it mr superfly who will replace mike lafleur whenever he leaves so one, um, if McFloor leaves, you're hoping McDaniel stays, and then somebody will be promoted up. Um, make no mistake, this is a Kyle Shanahan offense. It starts with him. It's implemented by him. It's executed by him. Everybody else is just along for the ride. Not saying they're not good coaches. They're amazing coaches. But Kyle Shanahan is the guy. Um, so the question is, who's going to replace him? Hopefully they promote from within. But the true answer is, it doesn't really matter. This offense is not taking a step back. The offensive line position coach, that's the one that needs as much work as possible. But you can take that for what you will. 
All right, let's jump into my predictions and keys to the game. The key matchup on defense for the 49ers is stopping Cole Beasley. These are the two things that I think if you can do this, you can win this game. You got to stop Cole Beasley. A little shifty guy going everywhere. That's my concern. I'm not worried about Jason Verrett or Richard Sherman versus Stefan Diggs. He's going to get some catches. He's great. But I'm not worried about him defeating us. I am worried about Cole Beasley going ham and getting 10 targets over the middle versus Emmanuel Mosley. I don't want to see that. Once he gets heated up, I want to see Jimmy Ward on him shut that crap down. Um, anyway, I'm a little concerned for that. Number two, Josh Allen running the ball. That gap exchange on the zone read. I don't like it. I'm not as worried about Josh Allen just scrambling for yardage, even though he will do that. The designed runs, that's what scares me. If you look over Robert Sala's, you know, since he's been here, that's been the Achilles heel of the defense. That needs to stop. Um, so we're going to have to see what's going to be there. Now, Marcel Harris is going to have to have a heck of a game. <laughs> I'm pretty excited to see what he's going to do. On offense, the 49ers should run for 200 yards. You run that damn ball like there is no tomorrow. You do all your tricks. You do your gadgets. Do some quick passing with some slants. Um, not too many seven-step play-action drops. Good God, those break my freaking heart every single time I see them. I understand the concept. We just don't have the personnel for it. Um, and if we do a seven-step drop, you better help Mike McGlinchey. Please, God, <laughs> do not leave Mike McGlinchey one-on-one. Make the running back go to his side. We don't throw it down to the running backs anyway, so keep the running backs in to help chip block and provide protection. Um, run the ball, run the ball, the Irish side, McGlinchey and McKivitz run the ball off the right, run the ball, run the ball, run it everywhere. I want to see tosses and jet sweeps galore. That's what we should do. Nick Mullins. Again, I, I used this stat earlier. He hasn't thrown more than one touchdown pass in his five starts this year. I don't think he does it again this week. I really, really don't. I don't think it's dependent upon us winning either. The running game will define if the 49ers win, you just got to give them the play calls. I think the 49ers get close in this game, and a lot of people might get upset with me here, but I don't think the 49ers are going to win this game. I just don't have faith uh, in Nick Mullins versus the defensive secondary he's going up against. Um, I think the 49ers play close. You know, we got pretty uh, last week, the 49ers and Mullins went down and won the game. I think we're going to have a similar situation because the defense will keep us in it. But I have the 49ers coming up just short. 24 to 20 I have the bills winning but i still think the 49ers are going to be in great position to make the playoffs uh but again i do have us coming up short so excited monday night football baby the whole world's going to be watching it's going to be an absolute blast we're going live afterwards the giveaway uh brandon iu jersey's going to a lucky uh, countdown crew listener just want to say thank you guys really do appreciate it and as always stay strong faithful Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.